and welcome to another episode of Ran. We booked it today. We are talking about our top 12 reads of 2023, aka our 12 books of Christmas. Did we? <laughs> did were we really framing it as the top 12? I don't know. That's what I know. I think that's what I had said. in mind at the time, but then I did not go in that direction. <laughs> Okay, never mind. <laughs> we are just doing this. Uh, what are we doing then? Because I was like, I looked at my like all the things I read, and I was like, I'm just gonna pick out the standalones. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, there are some of the ones for what I think are the best. Mm-hmm. All right, then how about? This is a, an excuse to just talk about 12 well, different no, no, no. books that I think we it's really still enjoyed talking reading. about books, you know, <laughs> like, at the end of the year, the books that we've really, really enjoyed yeah. thus far. You know, those books yeah. are on there for you. Yeah. Those books are on here for me. Maybe less so. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's on me, not on you. Okay. How we we just yeah I just that's totally fine. I put a note down and then I said screw that note I wrote it I, I <laughs> knew I was gonna follow it not me <laughs> I'll, oh I'll just put uh, here I'll change it. it it's now some <laughs> and now says some of our top twelve books of twenty twenty three there we go I did it. It's accurate now. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. All right. I just, there were so many series. Okay, the problem was The Thief. Because I was like, well, I want to put The Thief on here. Yeah. Which means I'm going to put all the other books. But that takes up half of the 12. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do oh, that. Oh, gosh. That's why I went with sales. Okay, yeah. anyway, moving on. Anyway. Check out our Instagram. I apparently yeah. post reels now. Actually, I'm not sure if I'll ever do another one at this yeah, point. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> you I think I have. I think with you House made, of Leaves. You've already made your best one. <laughs> I made it in five minutes. It's good. It's, it's, I think it's our second best, most viewed reel. I'm like, I made this in five minutes. Oh my god. On a whim. I think I have peaked. I love it. You're famous. No, House of Leaves is. I found the niche, apparently. Or maybe yes. it was the Kim Kardashian yeah. sound. I don't know how the <laughs> algorithm works. I just know people liked it. <laughs> no one I liked does. it. That's what mattered. I like that. That reel was made for me and me yeah, alone. If you liked exactly. it, you're a bonus. It wasn't meant for you. <laughs> But anyway. Anyway, so we've both picked out 12 yes. books to talk about. Woo. Would you like to start or... I'll go ahead and start. I am? Um, I'll start go with number 12 because, we're you know, we're building up to the best, of course. Um, mm-hmm. All of mine are standalones except for one, but that's not my fault. It was a standalone until recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, I haven't read too many standalones this year, it turns out. Uh, apparently I'm a very big series person. That's an oops. Um, 
So my list was a little lacking in like some of my really favorite books for this year, but I also didn't want to just do all of my really favorite books because that'll happen in like the reviewing yeah. 2023 episode. So right. these are just a standalones. Some I really like. I start off with number twelve, which is Queen of of Queen Among the Dead by Leslie Livingston. Um, really good book. It's very plot driven. Like even the characters are kind of like I don't know what's happening, but things are happening. Um, that being said, I really do like Leslie Living Leslie Livingston's like writing. She does ho- historical fiction essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And she'll really dump you into a world that she's done a, probably a good bit of like research on and I'm just here like, I don't know what's happening. But I'm here for the ride. And it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> Alright. Nope, that's all else? I got. It's number 12, you know? It only gets better from here. I only rave more from here. Exactly. Alright, so the book that I put as number 12 was White Out by six six authors. So it's like a Mm -hmm. bunch of short stories. Um, Nicole Yoon uh, wrote one of the stories, which is the main reason why I picked it up. Um, but some of the other authors are Ashley Woodfolk, Angie Thomas, Dianelle Clayton, Tiffany Jackson, and Nick Stone. And I really like this because it was a bit of a cozy read. Um, it's literally about, like, Atlanta having, um, so much snow, like, right before Christmas. Atlanta? Um, that... How much is so yeah. much then? <laughs> like enough to show Okay, but that traffic. doesn't take much in the south. It just keeps snowing and snowing. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> um, it kind of ruins the plans of so like um it's it's basically a bunch of like intertwined stories. Um and everyone's trying to help this these two girls get back (laughs) together and like save the relationship and they're and they all like reflect on um their own relationships and um like what christmas means to them and other other characters don't like celebrate christmas they celebrate other holidays that are around the christmas time um so it just gives a really good perspective of like being a teenager and what snow (laughs) can do in the (laughs) south and (laughs) it's just like a very cute very nice romantic young adult story short series of short stories i guess that are all i'm surprised that one's not number one considering how close to christmas i know i know (laughs) hmm but uh, as you'll see, I've I've read bad better. I don't I don't know how to phrase it, but well, I'm pretty sure I know at least yeah. one book that you'll be. Able- I think we're gonna share a few books. Uh, um, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> my next one is actually heading even farther away from Christmas. It's The Firefly Summer 
by Morgan Matson. This is a middle grade book I picked up at Birdie Books, as one does, because the cover is really cute. And then I looked at the blurb and I was like, it feels like my family, but like, you know, different, but like there were some key similarities that I was like, hmm, and your name's Morgan. I don't like this direction. <laughs> but uh, I picked it up. And it's just like a really cute, cozy read. That's what that's what this list does, is it slowly gets more cozy until I've got my really hard hitters and then it gets really cozy again. Because it's like, you know, nearing Christmas, yeah. you need cozy reads. And the Firefly Summer is mm-hmm. definitely quite a cozy one with uh, the main character finding out her mom has this whole side of the family that she's never met going and spending the summer with them. Um, it starts off really tough. And then, like, it gets better as, like, she slowly, uh, you know, learns more and becomes more comfortable with her family members. Finds out that, like, the place where they have a summer is, like, this campground that they've owned. The campus since shut down. But, like, they're it's getting mm-hmm. demolished for a reason. So, like, they're like, we have to find the agreements. That way they can't tear it down. Um, and so, like, it's kind of like... She's saving the family vacation spot, essentially. And, like, it, it's just really oh, nice okay. because it's, at the end, it's like, well, now she's got this whole underside of the family. So, bringing it back to Christmas, now she can spend Christmas with them, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the chaos, but also, it's just really sweet. Like, it's, it's a middle grade cozy read, I think. Middle grade's always mm-hmm. cozy. It always has that happy ending. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so my next one, number eleven for me, is Blackout <laughs> by the same authors. I know, you said Whiteout, White and I was like, what, what was this... the first one called again? Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually about um uh when New York City has like a power outage basically um so like chaos it's already chaotic <laughs> there but then turn off all the lights um and again this is like a series of short stories that are all intertwined um and it tells just really cute snippets of like there's a meet cue and longtime friends finally like fall in love or like admit that they're in love with each other. And it's about friendship and possibilities. And um, I would somehow it's even cozier than Whiteout. Um, I think because it's supposed to be like summertime, all the lights are out, everyone has candles. So like, um, I don't know. There's just something about reading it that is comforting in a weird way. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. <laughs> That's nice. I mean, yeah. no, there, like, imagine as well, not just a blackout, but add the storm behind it. Rain pounding on the windows, mm-hmm. you got the candles lighting. I know there, there's no storm in the book, but... Exactly. I see what you're talking about. 
Yeah. My number one, my number 10 is uh, Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klune. Because it had to make it onto the list. Star disgusting. My number no! 10. Literally? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, so Sweet. we both I knew, I saw. I knew I saw TJ Klune <laughs> on your thing. I just didn't know if they'd line up. I thought it'd be funny if they did, but lo and behold... Okay, let's go. Let's go. I'm doing the whispering. That was perfect. (laughs) So I chose it because (laughs) they live in a gosh dang tea shop. Like, what more can you want? It is cozy. It is funny. Poor Wallace is being made fun at from every angle. And he, he deserves a bit of it. It's just... It's really, it's really nice because it's really Mm -hmm. all about the character. It's very character driven. And so like, they don't, they don't leave that house or the shop very often. They kind of can't, but anyway, so it's, it's all happening in the same place over a long period of time and they're just all becoming like besties. Yeah. And it's just, it's a very warm atmosphere. Mhm. Yeah. And I I really enjoy the scenes in this book where it describes the tea shop and everyone being at work in it and like it just it creates this cozy atmosphere of like there are people there who are coming on their like second date and um, meeting each other to catch up and all of this while they're like drinking tea and <laughs> so in the background there's like these stories within the story um, and it's just really cool to see that and then also Wallace getting berated is <laughs> literally the best <laughs> it is it is definitely a wonderful thing to watch yeah he takes it in stride. Yes. He takes it quite well. I think death really mm-hmm. loosened him up. <laughs> funny, mm-hmm. funny how it, it, does it that. just took dying. <laughs> yeah, just took just took dying to really figure mm-hmm. out how to live. I think what also makes it a bit uh, cozier is not only does it like they they like make their own like pastries too or something. Like muffins or what some stuff yeah. like that. So like it's they got like fresh baked goods, a nice selection of tea, and I'm sure like tons of teacups and teapots. And I, so I'm sure it seems more eclectic to see like all these teapots and teacups and people with like all these different ones and like nothing quite matching, but all having like the same vibe. It's like it feels like a grandma's house a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. And is Grandma's house not the coziest place to be? No, it is. <laughs> Hugo being <laughs> the grandma. You know he is. <laughs> he, he, he is. He, is. <laughs> he was born a grandma from the womb. <laughs> He'll be grandma till the tomb. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> I guess... N- Number nine. Who's going for number nine then? Uh, either one. Okay. Up to you. 
Uh, I'll do I'll do number nine real quick here. Uh, my number nine is "Be Not Far from Me" by Mindy McGinnis. This is the book where um, when I did my whole like reviewing six uh, books by Mindy McGinnis, this was one of those books. And I originally got it from the library, and I read it, and I was like, I need to. Like how the main character reminisces on things. Like, her family isn't religious. However, like, she used to go to this camp that was like a church camp. Um, but like, it would just, it, you kind of went to the camp and it would like, it teach you like how to make a fire and kind of stuff like that, you know? Like, they, they live in like rural Kentucky, Tennessee kind of area, so. Uh, fair yeah. things to know. But, like, she really liked that camp because she loved learning about the outdoors. And so, there's a part where she they're talking, like, she's talking about a certain psalm that they would focus on. And she's like, but I would always look at the psalm before it. Which is, like, talking to God, being like, be not far from me. And so she kind of has this thought, like, as a non-religious mm -hmm. person, but just, like, reminiscing on her past, like... I'm kind of lost in the middle of the woods. I would really like someone to be not far from me. Yeah. So I think, like, it's just a really short part of the book, but I think it's, it's really, I really like that short little read. Yeah. That sounds really touchy. It's, it's a bit grueling, though. Minnie McGinnis does make characters yeah. upset, and in turn, it makes me sad. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of making me Oh no. <laughs> um, Taylor Jenkins Ooh. Reed. No, I love her stuff. Um, but I picked Malibu Rising because I actually read this back in like January. Um, you know, a hundred mm -hmm. million years ago. <laughs> and really, really liked it. And it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, about these four siblings. And it kind of talks about, um, it goes between the now, so in the 80s, and then the past of them growing up and like navigating that as um, they had a famous dad and they themselves are becoming famous for like being a surfer and um, being a photographer and, you know, all that fun stuff. And... I don't know, there's something so real and raw about the relationships in this book that I really, really enjoy. Um, it has, like, a touch of romance. It's a little bit, like, historical fiction being set in the 80s. And obviously Taylor Jenkins Reid is such a good writer. <laughs> One of my favorite authors, so... Yeah, I highly recommend this one. I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> Malibu. If you if you want to romanticize Malibu, pretend that uh, you're there and you have the ocean in your backyard. <laughs> Couldn't be me. I don't like the ocean. Salt water in my eyes? There. No. <laughs> um, 
My number eight is another Mindy McGinnis book. It is A Long Stretch of Bad Days. Mm-hmm. This book's just funny. Like, really funny. <laughs> um, And it's just a short little, like, standalone mystery that has, like, a pretty, like, sweet ending. If you can get past... It's, it's mm-hmm. okay, it's bittersweet, but it, it's nice. Um, but you mm-hmm. have Top of the Class has a podcast trying to get into an Ivy League school but needs to do something to get recognized uh, and also who got screwed over by, uh, I think, her guidance counselor and is short a credit she needs. Um, and uh, you've got another girl, like, just trying to be the first one to graduate high school in her family at least. Um Got screwed over by the same guidance counselor and needs another credit in order to graduate. Um, And so they kind of team up to do this podcast. And they're like, but we need to do something to really, to like, well, the one girl is like, I need to get recognized. So they end up looking into the long stretch of bad days that happened in their town. um, And they figure out that there's someone that just went missing. So they start digging oh. into that mystery. But it's really funny because you've got Miss Top of the Class and then you've got, you know, the other girl who's just trying to make it through who's just like, like, listen, like, like, kind of tell it. food chain girl it is her mother's emotional support animal like that woman i kind of feel bad Aww. for the cat <laughs> just a little bit but yeah it's it's really funny and like you've got like the mystery part which is quite nice so it's not it's not super heavy which i like because mm-hmm. i will get unreasonably sad <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so, TJ Clunes oh, on my list. Oh, who would have thought? I wonder if we'll see that same book a little later in mine. <laughs> um, this is Never in mind. the lives of puppets. Never mind. By TJ Clone. So I like pretty yeah. recently finished this. And I think this is his newest publication. Yes, his newest new one. Yeah. 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 So this one is just <laughs> Chef's Kiss. Um I Oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. So this is about a, an inventor android named Giovanni Lawson um, and his family, basically. And um, he has his son, Victor Lawson, who is a human. And it kind of, like, centers around Victor. And there are... There's uh, Nurse Ratchet, who is a sadistic nurse machine. <laughs> and Rambo... Who is a small vacuum who is very, very anxious. <laughs> and he just wants to be loved. <laughs> and 
they're just like this adorable family that live in the woods together in like a tree house basically so already it's so cozy and cute um what victor likes to do is he likes to go to the scrapyards and like look around for different spare parts and um things to help his dad like make inventions with stuff like that and he one day happens upon an android labeled hap so h-a-p and um there's this joke that is said that h-a-p stands for hysterically angry puppets which is what hap is (laughs) he's (laughs) very like angry (laughs) um but victor fixes him up and things kind of go from there um Victor's father, Geo, is captured and brought to the city of Electric Dreams. And so Victor and his ragtag group of androids have to go and save him. So, <laughs> um, it's very cute, very funny. Like, so, so funny. I was laughing constantly while reading this. Um, but also it is, so I, I feel like a lot of the other adult books written by TJ Klune, they don't have adult themes except for like maybe death or, you know, stuff like that. Not like sexual stuff, but there were a lot of sexual jokes in this book that I, I thought they were <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, but I, I was just very surprised by that. Um, it, it, it was good. It was good. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this, this book. And it's kind it's supposed to be, like, kind of a retelling of Pinocchio. And you can see that in, um, just some of the things that happen in the book and how things are named. Um, so there's this ship that's called the terrible dogfish and it's described as to be looking Mm -hmm. like a whale um which i think is a good touch and just little things like that so does he get turned into a donkey no but there is like so in order to get into the city of electric dreams they um no, in order to find Geo in the city, they go to this place called, like, the Blue Pixie or something. I can't quite remember the name of it. And they're given a place to stay for the night. And on each of the doors, there's one with, like, donkey ears. And there's one with, like, you know, um, forget the other motifs that, like, suggest like a, the this one would be story. a cricket? Yeah, exactly. Um, so just, you know, like that, like it's, it's not like overly done. We're like, oh, okay, this is, this is just Pinocchio's story. Like this is very much TJ Klune taking inspiration from Pinocchio and like dropping in almost like little Easter eggs, but it's not like, it's not redoing Pinocchio obvious. Yeah. It's not taking, like, it doesn't take away from the story 
it like kind of adds to the enjoyment mm-hmm. of it i think so yeah that was my number eight <laughs> uh my number seven is a little bit sadder uh, it's descendant of the crane by joe mm. he my favorite author who loves to break my heart um and yet i will keep coming back <laughs> it's one of those um this book is also a mystery of the main character trying to figure out who killed her father because she does not believe he died. Um, mm. And so it's just unraveling this uh, mystery of like who killed her father, but also finding out these ancient secrets. It's kind of crazy. Um, it's it's really good um i know like at the back of the book they're like it couldn't like this could have been a series and she's like yeah but like if it were a series it would have had to be from different perspectives but it was still like really good so she's Mm -hmm. the princess her dad was like the emperor or whatever the title in the book they used was um and so he dies and i can't remember exactly why but she ends up using like someone who's been thrown in the prisons as her like lawyer essentially or her help to solve this mystery so it's really interesting because she's using this completely random person that she found in the dungeons as like her aid in Mm -hmm. all of this and in like in return he like gets to go free so yeah that's cool and yet <laughs> yeah and yet like breaks my heart a little bit but Joan he does what Joan he does and it's mm-hmm. break my heart <laughs> if I could have oh, no. strike those there would have been on here but that is a series and I was trying to avoid that mm. yeah I get it Alright, my number seven is Happy Place by Emily Henry. And again, one of my faves. Love Emily. So this follows Harriet and Wynne, who their friends kind of see them as the perfect couple. Um, But they broke off their engagement six months ago. And haven't told their friend group. And now they're all in um, Maine. Uh, the state of Maine. To kind of meet up and do their yearly friendly getaway. Um, which is something they they um, they try to do every year. Because um, everyone's just all over the US. And they don't get to see each other. So that's something that they're dealing with. <laughs> is uh they broke off their engagement and now have decided they're just going to pretend to still be in a relationship to not take away from what's happening with their friends because they have one friend who she's um in a relationship long term but she swore off she was like I would never get married um but her uncle who owns the cottage where they like to stay and meet up He's getting ready to sell it. And so, as kind of like this last push, they have this little getaway. 
and she's like yeah i'm actually gonna get married and everyone this is our wedding weekend basically um so yeah (laughs) it's i love this book because it goes between the now and how harriet like how harriet and win develop their relationship but also how their friend group became a friend group and you can just see the deep connections between these characters everyone gets along in different ways and it's just so funny and it's like it's something that i've always wanted in my life is is just have to have that like core group of friends you know um who like always hang out and stuff like that so I thought it was really cool that it, this book didn't focus solely on the romance. It really is about relationships with friends and how that is the most important thing. So. That yeah. sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's drama. Of course there like, is. Yeah, it is. It, it is nice. <laughs> also, like... Imagine that, like, because, like, I don't know how the book goes. I'm going to make a little assumption of, like, Mm -hmm. before, like, they're like, we'll tell them at some point on the trip. And then they're like, I'm getting married. And they're like, we're not going to tell them. (laughs) That's exactly how it goes. I figured, I figured. Which just makes it even funnier. (laughs) Just like that moment where they turn and look at each other and we're like, hmm. Well, guess we're in for the long haul. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine number six. We're halfway through. Um, number six is Under the Earth, Above the Sky by Emily McCosh. This is the coziest. It really, I really, so cozy. Um, me, who's also a sucker for the good father-son, re- like, just any father-child relationship, that's good. I'm a sucker for it. And yeah. so the elf, this this centuries-old elf king for uh, Under the Earth, um, he, uh, there's a, the, he goes in, um, cause, uh, some of, some of the other fae are like, there's humans here. And so he goes and, uh, there's, uh, this man and I think, I think he's abusive, abusive? I can't remember exactly... But uh, mm. the uh, the Fey man he he whisks the child away, and just kind of keeps the child. And he keeps telling himself, "I'm gonna bring the child. I'm gonna bring him back to the humans. I'm gonna do it. It's okay. I won't get attached." Um, and then he starts to bring the child back, and the child actually begins to, or maybe at some point the child, it's a sickly child, starts to die. And so he saves the child's life, and then he's like, okay, I'm gonna give it back now. And then and then he goes, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Um, and he just raises the child on his own. Like, with the people around him that have known him. Like, he's got some people that are just, like, that have known him since he was a kid. So they're even centuries older than him. Yeah. And they're like, are you, you, you really, really, really? How long have you had this child for? How long have you hid this child from me in your room? But, like, (laughs) it's really so cute. Because, like, it's so fun to watch 
this, this you know this centuries old fae be like i won't get attached and then just to slowly be like i would die mm-hmm. for this child <laughs> like the little moments of um like there's one moment in particular and it lives in my head rent free and it's just the child turns to him and says daddy in the language and he turns and like his brain takes a moment to compute he's like i haven't said that word how did he learn that word i haven't said that word since my own father and my father's been dead for centuries how did he learn that word yes son you know like that kind of thing and it's so cute and so the fae is actually dating like the fae the other fae queen like in the mountains so the above the sky part mm-hmm. and so like but they're like a long distance relationship it's very it's very long term long distance um but they're like you know we're, we're good with our relationship and so like like she and so it's kind of funny when she's like well i have a, this child now and she just fully accepts him like there's cute little moments where the child is with her and i'm like stop my heart stop it's it's so cute. I love that book. It's love adorable. That. It's also it's very high fantasy it. though, so it's kind of like okay. It, it it takes a hot second to get in, and you're like, okay, adorable child, old grumpy fey man who doesn't want to be a dad. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and there's more plot to it than that, but like a good a good half of that book is those moments. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my number six. Things only get better from here, I shockingly. <laughs> I know, right? Alright, so my next one is True Biz by Sarah Novick. Um... And this follows some of the students at River Valley School for the Deaf um, and kind of just like the politics and experiences of going to a school for the deaf and just like the different backgrounds that you can have. Um, And I feel like this gives a very good picture of what it is like to be a student um, who lives at a school and you're learning through sign language and um, just very good. So we have Charlie who is a transfer student. Um, She's never met another deaf person before. She has a cochlear implant but it's not helping her enough to get through school so she's transferred obviously and she's grown up like trying her whole life to speak and communicate orally but it's just not working out for her so she's like a teenager new to sign and is um just going through that and navigating that and then we have austin who is kind of like the school's golden boy um and his family is um, kind of famous at the school, I guess, for being like long running, um, just like having a 
extensive history and like everyone in their family has been deaf from generation to generation to generation um, which is highly valued in that culture and community um and then her no his <laughs> Austin's sister so he has a baby sister who was born in the book and she is hearing and so he has to navigate that and like what you know being born in a family like that like what is that going to do for her and then February who is the headmistress at the school she's trying to keep her marriage intact trying to keep her school open and it it's just pulling her in all these different kinds of directions so we follow these three people mostly um and it's it's cool to see how their stories are interconnected and um this just talks about like sign language and lip reading like disability civil rights love and loss and it just it touches on so much especially um what is going on within the deaf community so yeah like i love this book <laughs> Um, and I think I've talked before about how I list I listened to this as an audiobook and in the physical copy you can see um, like the visuals that are used to represent people signing to each other well in the audiobook they would actually include you know someone saying the words but underneath of that they would in um, have someone signing so you could hear like the rustle of clothing and like um, hands touching together and it was it was just so cool <laughs> to like hear that underneath what was being said because then you know that they're signing to each other um, so yeah <laughs> like very unique and very very cool my my next one is the return of TJ Klune Number five, making yeah. it in the top five, of course, TJ Klune, House on the Cerulean Sea. Because how could it not? Like, come on. Come right? on. Like, literally phenomenal. the best. Phenomenal. It was so funny. It was so cute. It's, it's just feel good wrapped up in a book. And all you wanted, mm -hmm. like, I would like if these characters were real. I'd just give them all a hug. They'd be like, they'd be bewildered. I'd give them all a hug. Like they're just, know, they're just right? so lovely. I love them so much. A... They just have they so much do. personality. I want to meet Theodore. <laughs> give me the wyvern. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that's my number five just what more can you say it's a lovely I book like it. it's so sweet i know all right uh my number five is dark it is what moves the dead by oh of T. course King fisher who i just 
<laughs> yes, who I discovered this year and have fallen in love with. Um, so this one is kind of like a horror fantasy mystery kind of book and I guess the gist of it is this retired soldier Alex um, hears from their childhood friend and they go back they go to their home they visit them I don't know why words are being so hard for me right now <laughs> they go and visit them in the rural countryside um, and they just try to figure out what the heck is going on. There's like possessed wildlife and fungal growths and a dark pulsing lake and their friend sleepwalks and speaks in strange voices and look and her brother looks like she's he's on the verge of death. So yeah. It's a very cool mystery and it's very like grotesque and you can almost feel and see what the author is describing to you so is that a good thing or a bad thing for this yeah. book <laughs> it's both honestly it's both it's like well done on your descriptions <laughs> i don't like them <laughs> exactly exactly i'm surprised that would be your number five <laughs> no, like I wouldn't think it'd be on the list. Like, not because well, it's not good, but because I know. like, I'm surprised. just one of them books. It captivated me. I don't know Hypnotized what. Like, you. It was so. It was so good. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Did you ever have to study Poe? Yeah. It's just. It's just mm -hmm. that coming yeah. back to you. High school nightmares. That's all. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's all. That's all. <laughs> You're just used to it. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> no. Um my number four. You you'll know this one, Rose. As long as the lemon trees grow by Zolfa. It's it's heartbreaking. But it's so sweet and pure at the same time. And it, it's so important. Yeah. And that's what the next few of mine are. Is they're just mm -hmm. so important. To like look outside of your own self and your own world. And to know like, uh, you know, you can turn on the news. You'll actually get a lot of information that way. Of just the heartbreaking ways in which the world and people tend to tear themselves apart in some sometimes and um just reading that book it's like i think it's very important to remember like to remember that like mm -hmm. things like that those terrible human atrocities that occur in the book those those happen in real life they're happening right now if you <laughs> You know, you can watch the news. Yeah. Um, and yet, like, even amongst all of that and all the heartbreak, like, with the characters, you see them still trying to cling to everything they know that is good. Their family, their lives, their routines. Mm -hmm. 
their culture, their beliefs, you know? And, like, it's just so nice to see that. Like, especially, you know, I've talked about it before, but the main character wears a hijab, which can be pretty controversial at times um, when what matters Mm -hmm. is that, you know, like, the author wrote it because she wanted, like, she didn't see characters wear hijab, so she wrote it so there'd be a character who wore a hijab because that character wanted to Mm -hmm. and believed it was, like, and that's how they, you know, that was their culture, that was their beliefs. And, like, and the romance, which you will get into, she's currently reading it, so she's gonna go through it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But it being halal and, uh, it's just the sweetest thing, like, ever. It really is. Um, but the author wrote that romance mm. like that because she wanted to see a halal romance. And it's yeah. a book that the author wrote for herself. And I love books like that. This is what TJ Klune does. He writes books for himself, essentially, that get sent out into the world and that other people mm. are able to learn from, to see themselves in, to see outside of themselves from. And I just think books like that are really, really important. And especially when they're so well done yeah. as with this book. So, mm-hmm. that's my number four spot. I love it. My number four is yes. Howl the Apostles. <laughs> yes! Yes! I wanted to, but I was like, this is technically a series, but ooh! I know, right? It's so good. I'm glad that you've got series on here, because then we're it's completing. It's completing the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. We don't have too many repeats this way. Actually, it worked out perfect. Yeah. Uh, we had we have our. It's done now. Here, but it's all good. It's all good. Um. So yeah, Howl's Movie Castle. Do, do I need to say more? Give me sassy Hal and give me sassy Sophie. All I need in my Please. life. Oh my gosh, yes. Like imagine, imagine Diana Wynne Jones. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't She just publishes a random yeah. book one day for no reason at all. What is this book? Just filled with half unfinished just little plot points and dialogue between Hal and Sophie, I would read that. I would eat that up. Because it would yes. just be them fighting. And I am here for it. Because they <laughs> have the best fights. They're so funny. Not the slime again, says Sophie. <laughs> chasing Hal out of the house. <laughs> or, or, or even better yet, remember that time you turned me into a cat when I was pregnant and then I had to give birth as a cat? Oh my or Lord. better yet, remember when you disguised yourself to be a kid and our son kept asking for that same kid for weeks on end because you finally turned yourself back into how you're supposed to look and they missed their friend? Oh my god. I'm telling you. No way. I need it. I would I would love it. Sorry, but this is about you. What am I doing? <laughs> no, you're fine. You're totally fine. I literally have nothing to say, so it's fine. Like, I just... 
We've yeah. talked about this so much. <laughs> You're so right. That There's a reason. That's number four. I love that. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> My number three. Top three here. You know, these ones get medals. <laughs> My number three is yeah, Warrior yeah. Girl. <laughs> Can I speak now? Warrior Girl Unearthed by Angeline Bully. This is not the last time you'll see her on this list, nor the last time you'll see her in the top three. Um, kind of in the same vein as As Long As The Lemon Trees Grow. Uh, this book is very important, I feel. And not just... Mm-hmm. I, I like This and the next book as well, as long as well as, like, as, long as The Lemon Trees Grow, are all in the same kind of vein. Um, so I, I feel bad that they're kind of, like, ranked like this, but at the same time, like, uh, the problems that Angeline Boley writes are a bit more close to home than, uh, mm. in the sense of it's about Native Americans, you know, it's about the people who were here mm. before us. Um, specifically, yeah. this one is about, uh, reparations, in a sense, um, and you follow Perry, and, uh, she doesn't have any plans for summer. She plans on doing nothing for the summer, just, you know, going out fishing with the dog, you know, just summer slack. Uh, that doesn't work out when she wrecks the car. <laughs> um, mm. and so then she has to pay her aunt back, who pays for the repairs, and so she has to do this internship over the summer. Um, and she learns a lot of things. Uh, she honestly bounces from internship to internship within this program uh, for different reasons. Um, but she, basically what it is is she learns about um, the things that are still being kept in museums. And so I think there was a... I can't remember exactly what it's called, but there was an act or something that passed, which meant that, like, I think what it came down to was, like, museums in America, besides the Smithsonian, I believe, need to work on cataloging what they, the artifact, the Native American artifacts they have so they can return them. Mm. Um... However, what Perry learns is, while uh, under this first internship, this because this the uh, supervisor is working with this college, so they can work on, you know, getting them cataloged and things returned to the tribe. And Perry sees how, basically, museums and universities stall. And they mark things as unidentified and unidentifiable. So they don't return them. Mm. And this is without saying anything about private collections, which are exempt from this. Mm. And like, there are curio shops that have very, uh, like, important things for, like, rituals that were done like, displayed. Uh, and, like, there's one thing that, like, isn't even supposed to be put together except for when you're doing the ceremony. And they've just got it on display 
in the shop fully assembled and like it's things like that which like to someone who doesn't understand that culture would like it wouldn't bat an eye but like to Perry you know this is her culture and it's really infuriating to see you know how it not only is it not understood it's purposely not understood and purposely misunderstood and used uh, Mm -hmm. you know as just something to see whereas it's very important to them and so Perry's story is a bit messy with you could say she doesn't always make the right decisions um but you know that's just how perry is she's a bit more rash uh she steals some things back because she's like why would i wait for these people who are never going to give us our stuff back um right but it's one of the things it's so important angeline bully understands the importance of her stories as well and has like reading list in the back and such so you can learn about these things yourself uh it's just it's very well done i really i really enjoyed this book it's it's definitely a wild ride yeah i bet Mm -hmm. that's cool though um my number three is Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia. Of course. <laughs> My other faucet, which again, <laughs> more. <laughs> two marriage proposals. Literally in within one a night. few hours of each other from bo- <laughs> from two Faye royalty. <laughs> like, exactly. who else could wind up in that predicament? But the uh, one person who is so socially inept, she can't talk to other people. But apparently gets along very well with the exactly. Fae. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love as well mm-hmm. that um, Brambleby is also mm-hmm. like, yeah, if anyone could do it, it would be you. Like, that's why he sticks around her so much. I know. It's just kind of like, because he's like, yeah, if anyone could do it, it could be you. Because somehow he's very right. She gets along very well with the Fae. Concerningly well with the Fae. Much yeah. better than she does with actual other humans. It's like, you, you may not know how to human, but you know how to fae. <laughs> Which, if that were me, I would be... I would be concerned about myself. Would you have <laughs> the, like, consciousness to do that, though? Like, not to say, like, you wouldn't be conscious. I just can't think of the word, like... Would you be able yeah. to self-reflect like that, though, if you were her? Oh. I think that's part of the problem, Rose, is she can't. Yeah, she can't. Adds to her character, though. We do. Who does? We love her. Who doesn't? (laughs) Miss Emily Wilde. Who doesn't? Shadow is phenomenal. Love him. Shadow is the best. My number two is Firekeeper's Daughter. By Angeline Bully. <laughs> um, Firekeeper's Daughter <laughs> actually uh, chronologically takes place before A Warrior Girl Unearthed and came out before as well. Um, okay. It's not per se a series. They're within the same universe, could be read as standalones. Um, but this uh, takes place uh, Perry's aunt. Nope. Yep. Aunt. Technically her cousin, mm. but she's old enough they just call her Aunt 
they call her Aunt Donis. It takes place from Donis's POV back when Donis was in, uh, just before, like, just when she starts, just before she starts college. Um, and it follows a different, uh, approach to Native American culture because she is half white. She's not fully Native American. So while she understands the culture and is included in some of it, she's not recognized as a citizen in the tribe, I don't believe. Um, and there are plenty of people who would like to keep her out because... Um, <laughs> and I think a big part of it is her father isn't on her birth certificate. So, mm. she, so it's interesting because she finds herself not fitting in with, you know, the, with the white people because she's Native American, but she can't fit in with the, with her tribe because she's half white. Uh, so it's definitely a different take. Um, but even so, uh, follows Donis on a different kind of trip than Perry's with learning about, um, Um, Donis's story is about mm-hmm. how, is about the oppression, um, about how oh, okay. if poverty's not a problem, then drugs are, and how everything's overlooked, um, like, it, like, everything's just overlooked when you're native, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. she is assaulted. But she is only assaulted after mm. she achieves, like, her recognition that she's part of the tribe. Which was planned by the person who assaulted her. So that way she could not pursue any sort of, like, action against him. It's about how <clears throat> um, her half-brother's mother was so used to poverty... That she, oh dear, hello, hello. I don't That's know okay. why I dropped the That's call. That's okay. I will continue. That was weird. <laughs> it wasn't me. I didn't touch my phone. It's fine. But like it's it's about like her her half brother, so her brother's mother, uh and basically her fear of returning mm-hmm. to poverty that leads them to uh make some decisions. I don't want to spoil everything. It's such a good book and it's part of a mystery to find out mm-hmm. certain things. Um but the mystery that they're trying to find out is who is supplying drugs to these yeah. Native American... Uh, I, I don't think it's actually all Native American. It's just who's supplying these drugs that are finding their uh, way into Native American hands but leading to their deaths. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, where is this? where is this coming from kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's 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 a very different approach and it definitely 
focuses more on not quite knowing, like, if you're mixed of any race, like, not quite knowing where you can fit in, uh, as well as, uh, mm -hmm. the oppression and how, uh, how things can be exploited against you. Yeah. Makes it's so good, though. It's like, it's another thing, it's, it's like, as long as the lemon trees grow, it's much, it's a bit more sad, but, like, and it's mm -hmm. it tells an important story. It has important things in it. Yeah. All right. My number two of twelve is <laughs> Metal and Bone. <laughs> By Who would have guessed? <laughs> uh, both you and me. Well, T. Kingfisher came out of nowhere and swept the floor. Really, yeah, just took my world by storm, I guess. <laughs> um. But yeah, so this is about Mara, who's like a shy, um, raised in a coven, third-born daughter of this small kingdom, and she sees that her sisters are suffering abuse from the prince from the larger kingdom. They're kind of like um, using their power as leverage against them to like kind of force the marriages to happen and so this prince guy is like just just a bad dude honestly not great and Mara's like this is about her realization of oh no one is going to help my sisters so guess it's up to me and so she basically creates this ragtag team of a grave witch a fairy godmother a former knight, and a chicken possessed by a demon, and <laughs> and Bulldog, which she creates with her own bare hands. <laughs> which is so cool. Every and girl wishes so, she could yeah, make her own Bulldog. To... <laughs> yeah, literally, though. I would buy that build DIY <laughs> kit in a minute. <laughs> you gotta dig your own bones um, from the graveyard. Oh gosh! Just a list of instructions and a bit of wire, I guess. Can we also like? I feel like you gotta get the police exemption. Like, I'm not grave digging. I'm allowed. I'm building a boat dock. Yeah, I'm building. I'm building a puppy. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So this like team of five. Um, they go and they try to kill this prince. And it's just so, so good. Please go read it. I'll get there, I'll get there. <laughs> it's on, it's on the list. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which brings us to number one. You dun, know dun, my dun. number one. My number one book, 
was chosen because it's cozy, it's a standalone, happy ending. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? You know, coming out around Christmas, I gotta go with something cozy. So I, yeah. my number one is Flower Heart by Catherine Bakewell. Because yes. <laughs> it's just so cozy and it's about, you know, girl, magic, a bit out of control, just trying to figure out how to control it so she can help people. Things go a little sideways, but she finds her way back. You know, it was just perfectly cozy. And like a nice, just a nice, like more feel good book. Like, number one. It was, yes. Absolutely. That's all I got. That's that's number one. What more can I say? It's number one for a reason. Go read it. I know, right? Um, I think you'll find this funny that my number one is the house. In the oh, I should have known it was there. I should have known it'd be on the list. <laughs> Of you brought out puppets, there. and of I was like, oh, there. maybe she won't even got it on there. No, I shouldn't know. Oh, no. No. See, this is number one, because every time I think about this book, I am filled with such love and warmth. I just, I am so happy. <laughs> and I, I can't get over the found family aspects of it and just everything we've you know already talked about in our TJ Klune episode and just what we've mentioned in passing so I won't go too much into it but I just think it's a beautiful story and I love it so much <laughs> and I'm excited to see what he can do with I know a right you sent me that. I was like, what? What I are know. you doing, sir? I was in shock. Real quick prediction. It has to be about Arthur as a phoenix, right? I mean, it's got, like, the phoenix. Like, it's definitely going into oh, yeah. that. But, like, is it going to be sad? What's going to happen to the baby characters? What's the, the oldest The oldest one in the orphanage, too? Like, is he going to go? Like, does he come back to visit? Like... TJ Klune, release the book now. Please. Yes, please. 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 I need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, those were the 12 books of Christmas, you know, to go along with the 12 days of Christmas. Um, done differently because I didn't follow my own plan. <laughs> it happens. Sometimes it happens. the plan goes out the door, but you don't tell everyone else that the plan went out the door. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. Not too many duplicates. It did. I mean, what? It's one sixth. I, one I sixth of ours were the same. The right amount. Yeah. <laughs> Go read all of the books we mentioned. For but you only have. We'll yes, give you twenty four days. A book a day. <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. 24 days till like december starts get reading this is just 
Yeah. This is just helping you get towards your reading goals that you haven't reached yet, you know? Like, you need recommendations. We got you. (laughs) Yeah, literally, though. Uh, But, yeah, thank you for listening to our podcast. Check out the Instagram, because as the year comes to a close, Mm -hmm. we'll be doing a lot of stuff with book goals. So, that means the stories always get crazy. So, that means I have to prepare the stories. (laughs) Yeah, go check us out there. But But as for now, we gotta book it. it.